welcome to Get Over It, the Consciousness Transforming Podcast for Exceptional 21st Century Living. We've got a great show on intuition. I'm so excited. Um, Kim Chesney is with me, and we're going to talk about her new book, Radical Intuition, A Revolutionary Guide to Using Your Inner Power. So if, you know, being a psychic is your thing or you want to develop more of your intuition for your own personal goals and gain, this is a show for you to listen to because she puts a different twist on it and uh, she actually makes, you know, learning to tap into your intuitive ability a lot easier and definitely with ease and grace. So sit back, relax, take some notes, and then go get the book because you're going to want to work through the exercises and they're not hard at all. And um, it will help you make your life better. And again, during COVID, we're not completely free yet, so you got a lot of time to still work on yourself. Now, the information shared on Get Over It uses intuitive and pragmatic and pragmatic insight to help you shift your consciousness to break through the blocks and release energy that is no longer needed. Yes, we're going to help you let go of the BS that's been holding you back, but you guys know I, know I always ask that question, are you truly ready to? And by the way, folks, BS is belief system. <clears throat> Excuse me. A bit about me for my new listeners, intuitive since birth. I'm a third generation intuitive with over three decades of experience supporting people to break through the blocks along their path. I'm a strategist for personal and professional transformation, revealing cutting edge information that enables you to prosper and thrive. I spent 25 successful years in corporate America as an executive sales professional, and I am the founder of Healing Visions Ministries and the Northern California Children's Education Network, a 501c3 nonprofit. I also author two books. I provide consultations and healings in all areas of life that heal the mind-body-spirit connection, allowing you to live your very best life. My clients tell me that I keep it real while providing them with accurate information to assist them along their journey as a spirit living a human existence. But they also say, if you really don't want to know, don't ask Monique. My background includes a doctorate in metaphysics, Reiki master teacher, ordained minister, and clinical hypnotherapist. So whether you're stressed, depressed, or possessed, I can help. To find out more about me and the services I offer, go to my website, and that's MoniqueChapman.com. And I invite you to like me on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and LinkedIn. My guest today, Kim Chesney, is the author of Radical Intuition, a globally recognized innovative innovation leader and the founder of Intuition Lab. Her work has been featured or supported by leading uh, edge organizations, including, I think this is South by Southwest Interactive, but she can correct me on that, um, <laughs> Carnegie, Mellon, Carnegie Mellon University, Comcast, and uh, HP, Hewlett Packard. She lives in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area, and you can check her out at her website, and that's kimchesney.com, K-I-M-C-H-E-S-T-N-E-Y.com. Well, hi, welcome, Kim. Great to have you here. You know, um, we are taping this during uh, the beginnings of Mercury Retrograde, and boy, Retrograde <laughs> has definitely come to visit us during this taping, but how are you, girl? <laughs> oh, I'm doing great. I'm I'm so excited to talk to you about all this fun intuition stuff today. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I absolutely love your book, um, Radical Intuition. And the way that you've written the book, it's not the, you know, general, you know, 
do A, B, C, and D, and voila, you're intuitive. You've really put a lot of thought and reasoning behind it so that the average layperson who might be skeptical or afraid to step into the intuition world, you make it a lot easier. So what is radical intuition? Yeah, so, you know, I've been working, you know, like you, for many, many decades with intuition and helping people to understand intuition and access intuition. Uh, but, you know, in, in my, you know, day career from, for almost 20 years uh, prior to, to this releasing of this book, I worked in technology and um, leadership with some of the biggest tech companies and innovation companies in the world. So, you know, I've always loved intuition. It's been my life's passion. But what started happening with me about 10 years ago was I was in these meetings, strategic planning meetings, ideation meetings, and I started hearing people talk about intuition a lot, mm-hmm. like technology people, PhD people, super smart people, mm-hmm. not just the usual suspects with intuition, you know. Uh, so it really, it caused me, you know, I wrote my first book on intuition, The Psychic Workshop, 15 years ago. So I really understood this idea that we're all naturally intuitive. We all have this quote-unquote psychic aspect to our minds that has been largely untapped, but really starting to see this come into the mainstream and seeing, you know, thought leaders, people who have really um, made huge impacts on society uh, around the globe, starting to understand that intuition is this secret sauce that pervades Mm -hmm. these really extraordinary projects. So this is where this idea of radical intuition came in, is really making this shift to reimagine intuition, sort of the big picture of intuition, not just how we can access it and understand it ourselves, but how we can use it to change the world and change our lives and make the world a better place. Mm. Well, you know, you touched on something and I was going to ask you about it. So you're so intuitive, you're reading my mind. (laughs) Um, You said you worked in technology and I also worked in technology. And when I was working within technology, I met so many intuitives working in technology Mm -hmm. more than I have across any other vertical that's out there what is it with people with the technology in the intuition because there's definitely a correlation there yeah yeah and so many people say the same thing I think we we make the mistake of thinking that technology is just about like really like ones and zeros and sort of left brain thinking but the reality is technology is very intuitive and a lot of because it's tied in with innovation. And if you think about intuition as really something that, that comes from within the inspiration, the guidance, the insight uh, that we really need to innovate and create new projects, create new codes, create new products that are going to you know, do really cool things in the world. Intuition mm-hmm. is the secret sauce that really allows us to do these things that technology is all about. You know, with technology, it's always about being new. What's the next new thing? What can we, how can we improve this? How can we create something better that's going to serve humanity in a, in a better way? So it's Mm -hmm. so tied into this inner process of innovation and ingenuity and genius. A lot of people don't realize that. No, they don't. Um, And does the, Intuition and the technology and this super sauce that you're talking about, um, this secret sauce, is it all about living in the super consciousness? Yeah, and I, and I, I if you, you know, in the book, I, I really was doing a lot of research into, you know, you know, what is all this stuff about? You know, what, what is, how do we access this higher information? And I really loved uh, this sort of very simple breakdown of, 
the unconscious, conscious, and superconscious as the sort of intuitive, I call them zones of consciousness, because they're mm-hmm. different ways that we can we live our lives and that we can access information and process information in our daily lives. And most of us are sort of walking around in this semi-unconscious state. And by unconscious, I don't necessarily mean asleep, although I guess that's the most unconscious you can be. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of the times, you know, like we're walking around and we're just not really aware. We just, you know, go to work and have watch TV and don't really think about our place in the universe and how, you know, what we're really meant to do, our purpose. And so, so when we're in that state, we're, we're still a little unconscious. We're not, we don't have access to this higher intuitive side as much as when we start to wake up and we start to say, oh, like there's, a, there's more to life than this. There's something more than I realized. And, and then we begin this, you know, this sort of act of becoming mindful, becoming conscious, becoming aware. And, and then from there, the next stepping stone, and this is something that people aren't talking about as much yet, but really is the future beyond mindfulness, beyond being stillness in this moment. That's moving into insightfulness, and that's where the superconscious comes in, where we can access that higher wisdom and that higher genius within us. Mm, okay, sorry, Just taking notes and <laughs> needed to talk. Okay, so you break um, the intuition down into um, three levels of consciousness, the unconscious, conscious, and the superconscious. And then along with that, you bring in four intuitive archetypes, and they kind of you know flow in and out together. So explain mm-hmm. to us what the f- f- uh, four intuitive um, archetypes are. Um, mm-hmm. a, a deeper delve, if you will, into healer, sage, visionary, and mystic, and how we can tap into that energy, or how do we even know that we fit into one of those categories? Right, right, right. And that, you know, that's really one of the cornerstones of this book, and what makes it unique is one of the, or very early on when I started talking about intuition. I would, you know, be asking people, like, what is intuition to you? And, and what I realized is that a lot of people had very different definitions of intuition. Some people would think it was a knowing. Other people would say it's like a feeling or, or a creative inspiration or maybe a spiritual experience. So I wanted to understand why intuition had so many different manifestations and really helped to, you know, create a framework to understand those different manifestations and how they integrate with daily life. So I, I ultimately settled on, you know, Carl Jung's model of cognitive function, which really mm-hmm. outlines how we interact with the world around us in very simple ways. So the basic four elements of body, mind, heart, and spirit. These are the ways that we know the world around us, from impressions from our bodies, from our thinking process, our feelings, and ultimately our experience with the beyond. Mm-hmm. So I created these archetypes to really explain the, the, the primary pathways with which our intuition talks to us. So um, the four archetypes are, like you mentioned, the healer, and that's someone whose body speaks to them very strongly with intuition. Like you might just have really strong gut feelings or you might be, you know, really good your body. You might know what to eat because your body's just so attuned to different foods or diets that are ideal for your exercise, things that are really associated with your physical body, that type of Mm -hmm. intuition. The second is the sage, and this is the intuition of the mind, making decisions, choices, your inner guidance. People who are really um, natural sages are usually like counselors, teachers. Even even if you're a friend who's really good at giving guidance to the people around you, you're just plugged in to that inner knowingness that, that flows through your mind and helps you to help others make choices as well as yourself. And then the third type is the visionary archetype, the artist, the creator, 
the person that has a passion to change the world and express themselves and bring creative ideas into the world. So you can think of, you know, all the great artists, even people like Steve Jobs, if you want to talk about technology. He was a, he was a great example of a visionary, who someone who brought all this creativity in the world and went out and literally changed the world with these intuitive ideas. And he was one of the biggest advocates for intuition out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, the last archetype is the mystic. And that's the, that's the archetype of, you know, the spiritual intuition, the intuition where we can really connect and know God or the universe, whatever word you use for source, where you feel that oneness that pervades all of life and are able really to touch in to the levels of consciousness that are higher than our everyday reality. Mm-hmm. And folks, if you're confused about what um, channel, if you will, that you fall under, she has this wonderful quiz pretty early on in the book, and it's a quiz to discover your intuition affinity, and it's you know pretty simple, and you just answer the mm-hmm. questions, and then it's like voila. But the one thing I discovered, Kim, <laughs> when I was taking your quiz was I, I was like a cross of all. I, I just crossed yeah. the spectrum. Is that? possible truly or was I just giving that's, myself a that's, pat? <laughs> no, that yes that, that is that's ideal that's ideal because that just says that all four pathways are open and flowing with you and I'm not surprised at all because you're such a naturally intuitive person and you've made this such a part of your life so if you're a professional intuitive you've been studying this you know that it's not at all uncommon for you to score very highly on all four of those most people, what I find, who take it, you know, just like the regular person who's picking up this book for the first time and really exploring this, most people have like one or two areas that they've already been using their intuition, and you know, they may or may not be really aware of it, and then a couple areas where they still need to open up a little bit more, and, and ultimately, we use all of them. We all have our sort of own sort of secret blend of all four of them, and this book really just teaches you how to be aware of these four pathways, and then we like to open them up so that you can start using all of them better and every day. Looking at medical science, they're saying that, you know, light energy is the future of medicine. In your opinion, mm-hmm. intuition energy is the future of what? <laughs> well, like everything. <laughs> is it wrong to say everything? Because... Because I, I, it's so funny because I, I joke with people. I'm like, yeah, I think like I have the most important job in the world, what I'm doing, just spreading this message. Because I don't think people realize how ubiquitously important intuition is for our future. Um, you know, I think that as a society and as a culture, we've done amazing things by developing our minds, our thinking minds. But we've gotten out of balance, and it's so important now. I mean, I think the future of humanity is uh-huh. it's so important for us to rebalance our intuitive nature with our intellectual nature and to really inject, you know, our personal truth and our, you know, our self-reliance and our empathy and and all of these things that, you know, we're missing when we live with sort of a one-sided thinking model. So Mm -hmm. I really feel that whether it's, you know, business or whether it's relationships or whether it's just the way that we think every day, opening up our intuition and really crossing into this new frontier of consciousness is going to be what defines our future and what really saves humanity in a lot of ways. Because if we keep going down the path that we are, we're going to go down this path of division. We're going down the the path of, of conflict. And this is, this is the path of the, that is not going to allow us to sustain ourselves as a species. We want to come together and unite and live in peace. And these are all the things that intuition leads us towards. Okay. Um, 
talk to us about intuition versus non-intuition. You have a, a segment in your book regarding that. What do you mean by that? If everybody's intuitive, what's non-intuition? Well, so a lot of times, you know, you hear people talk about intuition. They say, well, you have to listen to that voice in your head. Well, we want to be sure that we're listening to the right voice in our head because actually there's a lot of voices in our head, right? And, and we know that. Like there's, we have critical thoughts. We have feelings. We have emotions. We have um, imagination. So there's so many different, you know, voices in our head in a lot of ways that we need to learn how to align with that true no- north of our authentic intuition. So when I talk in the book about intuition and non-intuition, it's really, it gives an outline and sort of a checklist. It's a very simple way of understanding, you know, which parts of your thinking process is actually intuition. What are the characteristics of intuition? How do I differentiate intuition from a critical thought or from a fear or a hope, right? So mm-hmm. we want to really look at that. So you know, in order for us to follow our intuition confidently, we have to trust it and we have to know what it is. So for me, the foundational you know, step in this whole process of developing our intuition is learning the difference between an intuitive impression, an intuitive idea, and all of those other different thoughts that you know, kind of come about in our mind. Okay. Well, folks, we're speaking with Kim Chesney. She's the author of Radical Intuition, A Revolutionary Guide to Using Your Inner Power. You can check her out at her website. That's kimchesney.com, K-I-M-C-H-E-S-T-N-E-Y.com. Kim, um, if I intuitively work with this work all the time, this energy all the time, how important is it or is it to be grounded, and to use protection when you're utilizing this energy. Oh, yeah, uh, and, and this is a great conversation. I'm glad you brought it up because, and, I, you know, I do touch on it a little bit in the book because um, it, it, it's very important because energy, it, you know, is subject to the law of attraction just like everything else, and we want to be sure that when we're using our intuition that we are in a high vibration place, that we're coming from this place of, love and joy and openness and radiance because that's not only is that the the best way to touch in with that higher information because the information of intuition comes from above it comes from the super consciousness it comes from these really fine um, subtle dimensions that are on a higher vibration so by pulling ourselves up to a higher vibration it's much easier for us to access those intuitive impressions and ideas Um, but also when we're in a low energy state or if we're, you know, around low energy people or in um, situations that are heavy or dense, you know, that can create a real blockage for us when we work with intuition and also really can bring us down in a lot of ways. So it's so Mm -hmm. important. I always tell people when they work with their intuition to, um, to start with a meditation, an uplifting meditation. Always smile. Smiling is the number one tool. When you're in a meditation, just put a smile on your face and you will immediately feel better. Whether you feel good or not, it will help you <laughs> to uplift yourself. Um, so, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's really important. And because, um, you know, we don't want to open ourselves up to anything that, that might be, um, you know, get us off of our center or, or lower our own vibration. Mm-hmm. So how do you know if it's truly intuition or if it's non-intuition? What are your, the words or the feelings that would come about, say, if you have a question, is it safe for me to go to the grocery store? And you just ask, right. you know, is it safe for me? So how do you know if the information that you're getting is really intuition or if it's just your um, 
ego consciousness taking over? Right. That's such a good question. And um, in the book, there's an actual checklist I think I put together of of Uh a list of things that you can do to start to get to know, you know, what's a real intuition and what's not intuition. But to to start, um, you know, one of the characteristics that's so important with intuition is knowing that it's something that just arrives out of nowhere. Uh, it's not something you think. If you think, if you're thinking something through or rationalizing something, then quite often that's your mind uh, instead of your intuition. Your intuition will t- sort of give you that simple knowing or that simple feeling that just comes to you and just abides. So you know, really tuning in to how you feel about a situation. You know, checking in with yourself. Does it feel right? Does it continue to feel right? Because intuition, the, the truth doesn't change. The truth stands. So it's something that you'll be able to touch into and, and, and come back to, and it will still feel the same. It'll still feel like the direction and the guidance is the same. So listening to the way you feel, paying attention to those little ideas, notions, impressions that come to you instead of are being created by the mind, those are two of the things that are really uh, first steps in starting to really tune in to your intuition. Okay. And um, you say that intuition... Um works with the heart so what is the heart of intuition and is it a big heart or is it a small heart or does it matter <laughs> yeah I always I always say that when we follow intuition we're actually we're following our higher heart not our not our lower heart because you hear people say oh follow your heart but we have to be careful when we say that and what we really mean when we say that because if sometimes if we follow our heart we can be led astray because if our heart's telling us that you know this partner that broke up with us is our soulmate, and if we don't have them, then the, the world is going to end. That kind of following your heart, you know, can be destructive, can be ego-based, can be need-based. So we want to do, really, is tune in with that higher heart, that part of us that is moved and that, that really knows the big picture and really is called to serve and create and to, to live lives that are ideal lives, not the lives that we think we want, but the lives that we are meant for intuitively from our higher path. Okay. Now you say that your book is a reading, um, it's not really a reading book, it's a doing book. What do you mean by that? Because I'm a huge proponent of doing your work. I'm not going to do it for you. But, but, you know, explain to us what you mean by that. Yeah, so it really is, um, uh, you know, it's it's a book that talks about intuition but it's also a book that shows you how to use it. So there's, it's full of workshops and exercises because I could sit here and talk all day long about how great intuition is, but until you experience it for yourself, until you witness that magic in your own life, you're not really going to grasp how important it is. So my goal for this book really is to help everybody to have those intuitive experiences. If they've never had them, to have them, and if they, if they have been having them, to have more of them so that they can really build a relationship of trust with their intuition and start to lean on inner guidance for everything that we do in life. Okay. Now, do you make a complete distinction between intuition and divination? Um, you mean in terms of, like, using, like, tarot cards or mm-hmm. or just, like... Yeah, because some people yeah. kind of... I call it a crutch, if you will, to help them, right. you know, identify what the energy is. Exactly. I really do think in the very beginning when you're working with intuition, it can be helpful to use different tools to, you know, to kind of warm up to your intuition and kind of see what it's all about. But like you said, ultimately we want to grow past those and grow out of them. 
Um, you know, I've created actually a, a deck of what I call insight cards, which are like tools like um, tarot cards, only it's not like you have to look up an answer for it. It's something that you, op- you open a card and you look at it and that card speaks to you and helps you to intuitively discern um, sort of direction and guidance from the card. So it's, it's, I found an intuition lab, my school where I teach mm-hmm. that, you know, using the cards is great uh, for students who are starting to build their intuition and shows them how to learn their intuitive language. Because as you know, our intuition comes to us in so many different ways. And, and using the cards helps us to recognize that. But ultimately, we want to be able to use our intuition with no cards. We want to be able to tune into it instantly on demand and 24-7 whenever we need it, wherever we are. Yeah, be right there with it when the time comes. Now, um, yep. you talk in your book about mala beads. For those of my audience that do not know, explain what mala beads are and how are they used. Because you see uh, the Tibetan uh, folks use mala beads almost constantly. Yeah. Yeah, and so they're actually really a kind of piece of technology. They're a tool to develop intuition or to really reprogram our minds in a certain way, that, depending on you know, what our goals are. So for the purposes of this book, I love uh, using mala beans for in, intuitive work. And if you've never seen a mala necklace or a mala bracelet, you can get them anywhere online. Amazon has them. But they're really beautiful pieces of jewelry that sometimes you just see people wearing um, because they're beautiful. But they're also a tool that you can use during meditation or during your intuition practice where you, um, you work with beads, kind of like a rosary. If you're familiar mm-hmm. with rosaries, it's the same kind of concept. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have 108 beads, in this, and that's supposed to be a magic number for when we put our intention on something 108 times it's supposed to set in and really sort of become part of our being. So it's a wonderful affirmation tool. For instance, if you want to, you know, say you're not feeling well and you want to feel better and you want to feel stronger, you can use your mala and repeat your affirmation, I'm strong, I'm healthy, I'm strong, I'm healthy, 108 times. And this Mm -hmm. sort of helps you to actually embody that energy. And you can use it for intuition too. You're opening to your intuition and you can create any affirmation you want during this process. It helps sort of retrain your brain to start thinking intuitively. Ah, okay. I like that retraining the brain so that we, <laughs> we get out of our head, if you will. And, you know, exactly. just kind of, you know, um, to me that's, that's cool stuff, as a friend of mine says. Yeah. Beans. Um, cool you beans. Also, yeah, you also talk in your book about being self-actualized. What is being self-actualized? Actualized? Yeah, and that's something that's really important. It's sort of the end goal of intuition is really for each of us to discover who we really are and not just to discover it and know it, but to live it. Because intuition is a two-part process. First, we have to learn to recognize it. What is it? How does it feel? How do I understand it? But then the most important part is that we follow it and that we bring it into action in our life. So this process of self-actualization, you'll hear the great yogis talk about self-actualization, self-realization, things like that. And ultimately what that means is that's when you really align with your truth, who you are, your path, and your purpose, and you live it fully in your life with full authenticity. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, comes with this is this idea that authenticity is the measure of our spiritual awakening, of our intuitive growth. Because once we know who we are and we're connected with that person, we're no longer, you know, wasting time trying, trying to follow other people's dreams or trying to be someone that we're not because we're solid in our truth and living from our own center. 
Mm-hmm. But how can we get to that point where, you know, something's been drilled in your head, you know, since like yeah. birth. You know, you're going to be a doctor, mm-hmm. and you're like, well, I can't do physics. I don't want to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. But you've been mm-hmm. programmed so much. How do you get out of that programming cleanly, if you will, to delve into what and who you truly are, not what others say you're supposed to be? Yeah, and again, that's that's another real core idea of this book because, you know, intuition is all about overcoming our, our conditioning. And, and we all have been conditioned in so many ways, uh-huh. um, even from, from our childhood, from our parents, from our teachers, from our peers, uh, from the world around us and all the expectations. So it does take a little bit of deprogramming. It takes some time. And that's part of what this idea of radical intuition is. It's about making that shift from defining ourselves by that world around us and what everyone else has told us to shifting to divining ourselves, defining ourselves by what we know we are within, the truth that we know. Each of us within us, we know what we're capable of. We know what we're meant for, even if the world around us thinks we're crazy. So if we start to commit to that, and once we're sure of our intuition, once we understand our intuition, it's so much easier for us to follow that and, and in the spirit of trust and confidence to live that truth and not be afraid that we're making a misstep or not being afraid of what other people will think or that we're not doing what the world says we should do. So it is a radical shift in the way we live our lives ultimately when we decide to live by our intuition. Okay. Well, you know, people say that um, intuition is always right, and I agree with that. Um, my <laughs> personal take is that um, if – the answer, quote-unquote, answer is wrong. It's your interpretation on it. But what are your thoughts around that, that intuition is always right and people adding their own personal interpretation to it as opposed to sharing information just as it is for others or receiving the information just as it is for themselves? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, It's impossible for intuition to be wrong because intuition is by nature truth. You know, it is truth. If something is wrong, if you're like, oh, yeah, my intuition totally told me to do that, and it ended up being a disaster, there's, for me, I think there's like one, or, one of two things generally are happening. Like you said in the first case, um, we got something wrong. We confused a thought or a wish or a fear or a projection with an actual intuition. So, yeah, we can be wrong. We can get something lost in translation. It happens all the time. Intuition can be tricky sometimes. So that's why it's important that we start to work with it every day and build that sense of trust so we understand how our intuition feels within us. Um, So, yes, so we could get the intuition wrong. But another thing that happens sometimes is people don't see the long game. You know, we might be drawn to say, oh, my intuition is telling me to take this job, and I'm going to go and I'm going to follow it and I'm taking it. Well, what if I end up getting fired from that job a month later? And I say, oh, that was like my intuition failed me. But what if I'm not really thinking – what if I met someone on that job that actually led me to a better job? And then I ended up ultimately getting a better job from a person I met at that job, even though that job didn't work out. So sometimes intuition sees further ahead than we do. And what mm-hmm. seems like a mistake may actually just be a stepping stone. Okay. Well, you know, so many people get caught into that mistake trap. You know, um, I had a, <clears throat> a client called the other day and, uh, you know, senior level management and wanting to make changes and this, that, and the other and couldn't do it because they felt that their intuition was telling them the wrong thing to do. So it's interesting Mm how, I guess, societal pressures or even your family pressures can sometimes skew 
the information that you're receiving, or at least your lens on the information that's being received? Mm-hmm. Does that make oh, sense? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and I'm sure you know this from doing your work when you're working with clients and you're using your intuition. It's so much easier to use your intuition with people you don't know mm-hmm. than it is to use it with your friends and family or even yourself because you have so much personal investment involved mm-hmm. in your personal situations. It's, it's harder to differentiate those thoughts in your head. But when you have that blank canvas in front of you, a person that you don't know anything about, then it's easier to trust your intuition because you know that stuff is coming in without your mind and your judgments getting in the way. Yeah, and don't worry about being right or wrong. Just share the information as it comes. And that's what I Give do, what you, you know. get. That's right. Yeah. Give what and, you get. And, and, you know, they can perceive it as being correct or incorrect. And either way is fine. You know, I, I once worked a, um, uh, a booth in New Living Expo, and a lady sat down, and I gave her a reading, and the more I said, the angrier she got, and then all of a sudden, she stood <laughs> up and yelled, so the whole look like auditorium oh could hear. You know, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about, da, da, da. and I'm like, okay, fine, you know, <sighs> here's your money back, thank you very much. The next year, mm-hmm. she came back, and she yelled equally loud that I knew what the heck I was talking about, and everything I told mm-hmm. her came out to me. So sometimes people are not ready to hear <laughs> right. what the intuitive has to say. So how can you get past that when your own intuition is telling you that and you're not well, ready to hear? Yeah, now that's a good question. because, And I too have had similar situations where, you know, you just people don't want to hear the intuitive information. Uh-huh. Whether you're ready or not, some people just don't want to hear it because – it, it would involve them making changes that are uncomfortable or scary or accepting a truth that they don't want to accept. So, you know, in our own lives, I mean, all I can say, you know, I, and I'm sure we've all been in a situation where our intuition has been telling us to, you know, get out of a situation that's bad that we just don't want to get out of or to make a change that we might not want to make um, because it's scary or, or whatever. Uh, so it is, it is a boundary or a barrier with intuition. But w- when we get into this intuitive headspace, we really have to get comfortable getting outside of our comfort zone. And, and that's key because if we don't want to take that chance and that risk on our intuition and really trust it and follow it, then we're not really committing to our intuition. You know, we're only committing, we're not all in. You know, it's just we're half one foot in the water and you can only get so far that way. So ultimately, I think it's a process of, of development, of transformation, evolution over time, you know, as you, as you set an intention on, you know, going with the flow of life and accepting what life brings you and being open to the possibilities. If you get into that mindset, you know, you become more open to it over time. So sometimes it might just take a little while to, you know, to get into that right headspace. Okay. Um, what is uh, transcendental intuition and how can we experience it? Yeah, so this is really um, this is really the the ultimate manifestation of intuition. It comes to the pathway of the spirit. It's the type of intuition that we you know experience when we touch the higher realms, when we experience the bliss and joy of enlightenment or truth or that connection with the divine. So it's really the the last stop on the intuition train because this is where you know, we go home. And ultimately, you know, like Paramahansa Yogananda said, intuition is the soul's power of knowing God. So like, Mm -hmm. that's how important intuition is. And we can talk every day about how it helps us make decisions and how it, you know, guides us in our life. But ultimately, what our intuition is doing is leading us home to our true self and the God within us. So it is the most important thing we can do for ourselves. It's the ultimate step we can take in our own life journey. 
Okay, so then how do we become multidimensional? You talk about it in your book, and you're like, okay, a multidimensional multi being and intuition, does that really go together? My answer is yes, it does, but share, <laughs> please share. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, ultimately, and we talk about, you know, multidimensional, we, you know, we're really talking about the ability to, to access information that is beyond this simple moment and place and time where we live. We've, um, we want to talk about quantum physics now. I think that's an important place to, to have this conversation is mm -hmm. because most of us, you know, we wouldn't have been having this conversation about intuition that we're having right now 200 years ago because there wasn't any way of understanding it the way that we know now. Because, you know, I call it regular old rational thinking, sort of like Newtonian thinking. It's linear. It's up and down, cause and effect. That's how we're used to thinking, because that's our experience in this three-dimensional reality. But what science has taught us is that there's a whole other element to life. Behind all of that is this wondrous quantum reality where things are entangled, where things are mysterious, where impossible things happen every day. And that's the realm of intuition. That's where intuition works. That's how you're able to have a thought about someone at the same time they call you, right? Because there's entanglement beyond space and time. So I think we're starting to realize that human consciousness is connected on this web beyond the uh, everyday physical reality that we live in. And the more the time goes by, I'm convinced, the more that we'll understand scientifically how this actually works and how this is actually a very normal part of the human design. We're built for this. This isn't woo. This isn't some crazy pie in the sky idea. This is actually something that makes sense physically and biologically. So becoming multidimensional really allows us to recognize that there are different dimensions of thought, of consciousness, and ways that we can be interconnected even if we're miles apart or years apart in time. Mm -hmm. So do you think that within the next, say, 50 years to 100 years that intuition is going to be like normal everyday practice? Like people are struggling sometimes with it today, but more people will be awoke and aware, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it wasn't long ago people still thought that the world was flat, you know? <laughs> so mm -hmm. these things can happen. And, and we just, you know, at some point I think we're just going to start to take it for granted that, oh, yeah, I can't believe people weren't using that. Back then, I can't believe people didn't realize they had this ability and they thought it was, you know, impossible or just chalked it up to like, you know, like miracles or ghosts or spirits when really it's just something that we have full control over as part of our human existence. Boy, if we'd all just pay attention and focus, we could be a lot further down the road. Um, you say that Indeed. the information uh, age is ending. So what's coming next? Ah, the intuition age. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you wouldn't guess that, would you? <laughs> so yeah, so I and, and and this is really you know this sort of understanding came out of working in technology and you know the research that I was doing um, in the creative industries and I you know I worked with Carnegie Mellon University and the University of Toronto and and uh, a lot of really smart people with PhDs talking about what you know the future looks like in terms of you know, global economy in terms of our technological advancement. And we think about things like artificial intelligence and robotics and, and technological progress. And all of these things are really, you know, tied into the fact that machines are about to get smarter than us. You mm -hmm. know, we're reaching the singularity, right, where machines are going to be smarter than the human mind. So what is going to make us unique? What is going to keep us at the forefront in front of, you know, the machines that we create? And the answer to that is our intuition. 
because, you know, as of now, some might say that machines are intuitive, but we can't program intuition the way that we use it into machines because we don't even know how it works with us. So the fact that, you know, we have this sort of ability to intuitively uh, guide our lives and to tap into this genius that is really beyond uh, things that we can even conceive of with machinery and artificial intelligence and computers at this point will still keep us one step ahead of that entire process. So understanding that things like creativity, ingenuity, intuition are qualities that the workforce is going to need in the future that we can't program into machines. It's going to make those jobs important and it's really going to make that movement important. So uh, there's the whole really economic global aspect of it all, but there's also the personal aspect of it all, how we're going to come together as, as a world and survive as a species when we've been fighting each other and when we need to unite and we need to really come to this common respect for each other. So intuition is working on so many levels, I think, really to move us into this next age where we move past reliance on our sort of overthinking minds. Well, I hope that comes soon because so many people right now, especially with COVID and the political situation yeah. that is still unraveled, unraveling people are just so stressed and they're out of sorts mm -hmm. and you know they can't even find themselves much less find their intuitive you know right aspect if you will so it, it, it's it, it's difficult but it can be achieved correct yeah absolutely okay I think so it really is just taking easy steps first first steps mm -hmm. wherever you are baby steps <laughs> okay so um, taking those first steps tell us about your website KimChesney.com. What are people going to find there besides the books you've written? And I do recommend um, purchasing them, folks, because she's very clear, if you haven't figured that out already, on how to get the information across. And you've got the intuition left. So, so tell us, and then also share with us how you work with people. Okay, great. Yeah, so um, if, if you're really in, interested in this intuition stuff we've been talking today, um, on my website, the first thing you can do is get my free 12-page Wake Up Your Intuition Guide. So you can start practicing some of the stuff we've been talking about today. And it's a simple instant download, so, and it doesn't cost anything because I really, it's so important to me that everybody has these tools to really start tapping into their intuition. Um, and beyond that, if it's something that, you know, you really, it resonates with you and you really feel like this is a pathway, I, I teach, I have a school called Intuition Lab, I have online courses, I, have, I do private training, group coaching, all kinds of stuff, really, because my whole, you know, this is my passion. This is what I love. So mm -hmm. any way that I can help people to develop their intuition is really, is really what I'm all about. Okay. Now tell them about your blog. I really found that interesting. Yeah. So, you know, I, have, I do have some little practices up there um, for understanding and recognizing intuition. And if you go to the blog, you'll also see that you can sign up for uh, my newsletter there. And each week I'll send you new tips on developing your intuition and little small workshops. Some of those are included in the blog there as well. Okay. And are you giving readings or is it just private training? Yeah, I only teach. I only teach intuition. Um, okay. I don't give readings anymore because as an intuition teacher, I mean, you're going to get a little some when you talk to me. Like that's, yeah, that's yeah. just how it works. But, <laughs> but I, my mission is, is to empower my my students and my clients to to start to train their own intuition so that they can kind of rely on that moving yes. forward and be empowered that way. <laughs> yes, that's how I am. It's like I don't want to work with you on the same issue for five years because you're yes. not doing the work. You're just coming to me to put a Band-Aid on it. And, you know, exactly, exactly. 
band-aids don't work um we're mm -hmm. out of time um i appreciate you what pearl of wisdom would you like to leave with our audience today well i just i always like to share my favorite mantra um with everyone um as as we end things like this because it's so important for everybody to remember that everyone has intuition you have intuition even if you don't realize that you have it your intuition is always there for you to get you back on track so the little mantra that i recommend doing if you want to get one of those mala bracelets or beads or um, necklaces or you want to bring it into your into your meditation is i will trust the wisdom of my insight to inspire and guide my life so Ooh, using like that, that statement just puts you in that place of trust okay well thank you very much for sharing um, that and Kim, mm -hmm. thanks so much for being um, with me today as we explored intuition. Of course, it's one of my favorite subjects, and I know it is of my audience too. I do appreciate your time and attention. Oh, well, thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And to the audience, thank you for joining us as we continue to grow and gain information to grow. And remember that the most important choice that you can make is what you choose to make important. Consider making the masterful choice of radical intuition. Up unto blessings, light and love to all. Agape.